What if there was a different way to live and work? Beyond the hustle and hype. Beyond the never-ending race to get more, do more, be more. A way that's grounded, intuitive, intentional, and in line with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Wellpreneur with me, your host, Amanda Cook. Together, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. I invite you to plant your feet on the earth, slow down, tune in, and get ready to create a life of meaning and magic. Hello, and welcome back to the Wellpreneur Online Podcast. And it's episode 20. Woo, we are just racking up the milestones here. This is awesome. This week, I'm talking to Kevin Geary from The Rebooted Body. And The Rebooted Body is this online fat loss program and fitness program that is just, it's really cool. So Kevin is a wellness coach and he's had his own personal journey where he's gotten fit and lost the weight. And now he helps people do that through his online program. And I'd really recommend, even if you've looked at other online programs before, if you're thinking about running an online program or maybe you already have one, or if you just want to lose some weight and get fit, go check out Kevin's site because I think his marketing and his design is really slick. And I love the way that some of the features he has in this program. We talk about them during the podcast, but one thing I love in particular is that if you sign up for the program, then your partner and your husband or wife can take it for free. And, you know, being a health and wellness coach myself, I know how important that is to have family support. I think Kevin's really right on there to build that family support into his program. So that's awesome. But before we get into the interview, I wanted to give a quick shout out to one of the iTunes reviewers. This is from Vilma's Wellness. And Vilma says, I love the variety of guests Amanda has on the show. Her questions bring great pointers and make this podcast very informative and useful. Well, thank you, Vilma. I'm glad you're enjoying it. And if you'd like to get a shout out on the show, you can just hop over to iTunes and leave me a review and I'll be mentioning you in one of the future episodes. And just as a last reminder, you can get all of the show notes and the links and everything we're going to talk about in this episode back on my website at wellpreneuronline.com slash 20. So now let's jump into the interview with Kevin Geary of The Rebooted Body. So hi, Kevin. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. We had a little bit of a back and forth trying to coordinate schedules and snowstorms and all sorts of fun, but we made it in the end. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> so Kevin, can you just start off by giving us a quick overview of what The Rebooted Body is and, and what your business looks like today? Yeah, The Rebooted Body is an online platform that is dedicated to teaching people how to reprogram their body and mind for sustainable fat loss, vibrant health, and peak performance. And it consists of a blog, a podcast, and an online program. I also have an email list, of course. And my whole goal is to educate people for free, to give them all of the information they need. And then my coaching program is really to get them to implement that information and to get them past the roadblocks and the hurdles, especially the, the mental roadblocks and hurdles that tend to get in everybody's way. So, you know, everybody knows that the information you need is freely available online. Now, the online program that I run, you know, has that information inside it, obviously, but that information is free. So what are people paying for? People are paying for the coaching. They're paying for the experience 
of my coaching and working with hundreds of clients in, in over 14 different countries around the world, getting people through all of the roadblocks and hurdles that get in people's way. So what I really do is I save people a lot of time. You know, if you try to do this stuff on your own, it ends up taking a lot longer and possibly even forever if you just continue failing or yo-yoing, you know, the typical stuff people tend to do. I get them on track and I keep them on track and it's very streamlined. And I also have a support community that's full of everybody that's in the program who are you know, always right there, ready to jump in and help people aside from me helping them. So they, they get the coaching from my experience, and then they also get the experiences of all the people who are in the program through the support community. So it's a pretty unique approach to changing people's lives. Well, and I'm really glad you said in the beginning of that, when you were talking about that, that you said, you know, that all the information is available online, because I think that's something that that a lot of health and wellness practitioners that are just getting started out, they get a bit stuck by that because you think, well, it's already available online or I don't want to give away, you know, I don't want to give away all my best stuff because then people won't work with me. And there, there's kind of this fear that people are going to have already find the information and then not need you. But I think the point you're making, which is totally right on, is everybody has access to the information, but people don't take action on it. And so your program and your value is that you're actually giving them a support system and a, a process so that they can integrate this stuff into their lives. Yeah. And, you know, the other problem with the information is even though it's all freely available, it's kind of scattered. And when people are first starting out or if they've been failing and they, they don't know why they've been failing, they don't really know what order to put the information in. So obviously there's a strategic approach to applying the information to your life. And I, that's how I've kind of laid out the information. I give people the information they need when they need it, not all at once, and in a specific strategic order that is most likely to help them. Mm. I was going to ask how you figured that out. Well, I figured it out through my own journey. You know, I'm not a trainer or a coach who is uh, naturally at a healthy weight and has, has just been obsessed with fitness my entire life. I was 60 pounds overweight. I had high blood pressure. I was pre-diabetic. And I struggled to overcome all of that. And I failed multiple times. And through my own journey, I kind of picked up a lot of the, hmm, this piece goes here and this piece goes there. And there's this roadblock and there's that roadblock. And after I made my transformation and people just kind of noticed and started coming to me, asking me for advice, suggestions, and I started doing that for them. And, and they'd come to me with problems that we try to sort it out. And then I really just started, kind of got hooked on watching people make these transformations and decided that I wanted to do this maybe full time. So I experimented with setting up an official coaching program and so on and so forth. And, you know, over time working, like I said, with hundreds of people and seeing, here's what people need to understand. You know, everybody is an individual and they all have individual needs. So one person's going to run into a problem that another person never has to deal with. So I have the experience of working with hundreds of people who have all sorts of different problems and working with them to overcome those problems. That gives me a lot of knowledge. So now when people come to me and say, I have this problem, I can say, oh, I've seen that before. And here's mm -hmm. how we worked through it the last time with the last person. That's very valuable. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And when you started out working with people, did you work with clients one-on-one -on -one, or has it always been in this group program? It's always been in a group format. 
I guess the first way when I thought about it was a group. I don't know. I never thought about doing it as an individual. And the group thing works so well that I just stuck with it. So I know some people work with individuals, but I'm glad I work with groups because I'm able to reach more people. And that's really the main goal is to scale and reach as many people as I possibly can. Oh, definitely. And I think a lot of listeners out there are in a position where they're working with one-on-one clients and they want to transition to doing a group program. So I always think it's really interesting to talk to people that are successfully working with groups over the internet. You're exactly right. It's such an effective way to reach more people with your message. That's really good. Yeah. So you've been in business for about a year now, is that right? Yes. So can you tell us a bit about how your first year went? Were there some, some things that you tried that didn't work so well, and, and if you could share other things that did go well, just an, an overview of how it's gone for you. Yeah, so I, I launched a blog back in March. I launched I soft-launched the program in April, and I believe I launched the podcast in April as well. And as far as, like, the blog and the podcast go, those, you know, took off a little bit faster than I expected them to. And they were the initial funnel of into the, the program. Now, when I first launched, the program was basically, you know, I, I didn't even know if people would sign up for stuff online and, and give their credit card information and, and do that kind of thing. So I just put up the stages as like a test and it was $9 per month basically to get in. And I was like, are people going to even do this? Obviously, you know, $9 per month for six months for each client, there's no way to survive on that. Uh, But it was a good test just to see what would happen. People started signing up. So we quickly made the decision to go to $29 per stage. So it's 29 a month for six months. People kept signing up. You know, it's a little scary to jump up in price because you don't know what's going to happen. But people kept signing up, didn't stop anybody. And then we went to 39 and that didn't stop anybody. And then we went to 59 and that didn't seem to stop anybody. And that's at the, at the point where things really started to get serious. I was able to quit my job and do this full time, which is very cool. And But at the same time, I, I really had to think about, all right, well, what are my margins like? Am I going to be able to do this? Uh, am I losing money by putting a lot of time and, and effort into people for this amount of money? And, you know, now we're at six payments of $99. And I'm, I'm kind of comfortable at this point uh, in the program. But yeah, there was a lot of struggle. I mean, it's it's always hard to communicate with people online very clearly. You don't have the advantage of just you know, ringing up people on the phone and having an hour conversation with them and getting them all the information they need. You have to figure out how to present that information on a website, not only so they'll get the information, but so that they'll trust the person who's giving it. And that's really difficult. Mm-hmm. So how did you, you know, online is it's so important to be really specific about who you help. And it's for that reason that you were saying that you don't have the chance to just chat with people and make sure that they're getting it. You have to have really clear, specific language about the problems that you're solving and the kind of people you work with. So when you were starting out last year, did you have a clear picture of exactly the service you were going to provide so that you could communicate that? Or is that kind of developed over time? Actually, the kind of target market that I was going after is the same target market that I'm still going after. So I think I, I had a pretty clear picture and that picture is, is working out pretty well. So, you know, I would say that, you know, I'm targeting people, I'm targeting women specifically between the ages of you know, 30 and 50 who have struggled with yo-yo dieting in the past, maybe their entire life and who are 
kind of wrapped up in, in conventional wisdom and listening to the low-fat and uh, obsessive calorie counting, excessive cardio, exercise, those paradigms. Mm-hmm. And I am reversing all of that for them. So, you know, that's what I'm going after. And it's kind of funny because even though I'm going after them, I get a lot of men who sign up for the program. Uh, and I, I'm not really targeting men at all. So it kind of goes to show that even if you target a very specific person, you're going to get people outside of that target range as well. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because that's the common fear is, oh, if I have a you know a really specific target market, then you know I'm going to miss out on all these potential customers. But actually, you're right. Some people will still be attracted to work with you anyway. And you know, one thing I loved when I was looking at your offer actually was the fact that you let spouses participate in the program for free too. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. The first group program that I did was a live program. So uh, that was people actually like coming to me. We were meeting in person as a group. But yeah, I I saw, you know, the situation and said to myself, you know, this probably isn't going to work nearly as well if, you know, a wife is doing it and the husband just isn't on board at all and, and vice versa. So I immediately just said, you know what, it's it's going to be a family thing. So if, if one person's in, then everybody's in. I think that's brilliant, actually, because it's also like an extra, it's just a little extra bonus in a way. It's something that you wouldn't expect. It just gives your business that sense of generosity and like you really care about people. It's not just about money, but you're really trying to enable them to succeed. So I thought that was a really nice touch. Yeah, I mean, it would be so easy, right, to lower the price a little bit for the first person and then charge a 50% amount for the second person or something like that. But I'm not into that. Like, I just want to help as many people as possible. So if I can just get people to commit and then they can bring whoever else they want on board, let's do it. So what's been most effective for you in marketing and getting the word out about your about your program? Definitely the podcast, because like I said, you can't phone people up and talk to them for an hour and answer all their questions and concerns and convey all the information you need to convey. But the podcast is kind of like that. You know, somebody puts in earphones while they're driving and they listen to you and only you for an hour. That's pretty powerful because that doesn't happen on Facebook. That doesn't happen on Twitter. That doesn't happen anywhere else. It doesn't happen even on my email list. You know, people are are uh, bombarded with emails. So when you can get somebody to tune everything else out for an hour and just listen to you, that's probably the most powerful channel that I can think of right now. And did you find that your target audience is, well, I guess they are listening to podcasts. I mean, you didn't have any issues. Yeah, they, they weren't. Yeah, and I actually just recently put out a survey and said, you know, what do you like most about the Rebooted Body? Do you like the blogs? Do you like the email list? Do you like the podcast? And by far, you know, people are responding. I love your podcast. I love your podcast. I love your podcast. I mean, people like the blog articles because they read them and they comment on them and they, they like the emails because they reply to them. So, I, you know, I know people are engaging with that stuff, but when you ask people, by far, they want to vocalize that they like the podcast. I think, pot, well, obviously I, I have a podcast, so I like podcasts, but I've been listening to them for years. Right. And, and I think, I don't know, there's so much, there's this sense in the world right now of this information overload. Like there's just too much information, too much email, social media is overwhelming. I mean, there's just too much. But for some reason, to me, podcasts don't feel like that because they tend to fit around your life. It's not like an online video that you have to sit there and watch for 10 minutes solid. It's just like you're cooking dinner or you're driving in the car or you're cleaning and you just have the podcast on. And it really, you really get to know the the people that are on it and it, it fits around your life. Yeah, absolutely. It does keep people's attention. You can't do anything else when you're listening to a podcast. Otherwise, you're really not listening to the podcast, right? So 
people tend to, I mean, unless you're doing something mindless like driving around the city, but you can't read emails while you're listening to a podcast True. and, and peruse Facebook and be distracted because then you're not going to get the information you want out of the podcast. So people are kind of forced to shut everything down and just listen. Yeah, well, I do it while I'm, well, I used to do it, re- listen on my commute, but now it's all like while I'm cooking dinner or something, I just have a podcast on and it's nice because otherwise I'd just be kind of lost in my own thoughts and it's, I right. don't know, it feels like I'm using my time really well. I just like that. So Yeah, yeah. and podcasts gets people to feel like they know you they listen to you week after week after week, they really start to form like a connection with you. And there's no better way to, to gain people's trust. Totally. Have you tried anything this year that really didn't work? Have you had any screw ups or mistakes uh, or lessons learned? I guess one thing I didn't mention, I, going back to a success, and then I'll get to the failure stuff was webinars. I didn't mention that earlier, but I've done a few webinars as well. And those work really well, especially for moving people to take action on like getting into the program, for instance. So the webinar is completely free. It's about an hour long and you present on a topic. And at the end, you talk about your program, which is a solution to the the topic you're talking about and people end up signing up. So that's a great tool that I think people should explore if they're, you know, wondering about that sort of thing. Yeah, that's a great, the, that's great advice. Oh, can we can we just talk about that really quickly about webinars? Yeah, I know sure. that's a pretty popular topic right now. Do you have a favorite tool that you use, like a the online webinar platform? Uh, I use GoToWebinar, and it's expensive and things like that, but it works. And I'm looking at other options, but the problem with webinar stuff is if you do a lot of work to get 300, 500 people on a webinar, and then the webinar software craps out on you. That looks really bad and you don't Mm -hmm. make any money and that sort of thing. So, you know, GoToWebinar is pricey, but if you sell one or two memberships, it's going to pay for it and the rest is just a bonus and it does its job. Mm -hmm. I've never had it crash or anything like that. So I I just got to stick with what works. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I'm using Meeting Burner, which Mm -hmm. has worked really well. And I, I chose that because there's no software on the, on the attendee side. So they don't have to like download a little thing to their computer to watch it. It just works. And I've had pretty good luck with that. And apparently it records, I haven't done this part, but apparently it records webinars and then you can play them again as well, which I quite liked. So yeah, there's, there's some cool services coming out competing with go to webinar and I'm keeping my eye on them, but I just haven't made the switch yet. I'm I'm Mm. sure I'm going to test out because if I can find something that's cheaper, that works and maybe even works better because go to webinar is not really that fancy, then I'll definitely switch because I think what they're charging for people who are just starting out like me is a little bit too much. Yeah, it's a bit high. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it is a bit high. And I don't don't think their plans are quite as flexible as they could be. I mean, I think they make you jump from like 100 people on a webinar to a thousand. You know, it's like, why can't I get somewhere in between? Mm -hmm. Well, you can check out Meeting Burner, I guess. And um, I was just chatting with somebody last week, which we'll have the interview on, on soon, but um, she does a lot with Google Hangouts instead of webinars. I've used platforms that integrate with Google Hangouts to make webinars. And the the biggest problem that I found with that is there's a delay. So it's almost like a 60-second delay from when you say something to when the people on the webinar hear it. And that really kind of gets murky when you're asking for questions, you're doing stuff with the chat, and, and so on and so forth. Right. So that's the only issue that I've found. How did you get to say when you said, oh, if, you know, if you have 300 or 500 people on your webinar, how did you go about getting all those people on your webinar? Or was it just mainly through your email list? It's through my email list, but I'm 
you know, I don't want to saturate them with webinars. So I'm trying to go out and find new people to bring in through the webinars, which is really the most powerful way to use webinars is to get more leads, to get new people to come in and, and watch, not just get your current audience to, to attend the webinar. So Facebook ads works really well for this. And it's really the only thing I use Facebook ads for because I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of controversy with Facebook. And I know a lot of people buy likes and it's kind of, and found that, that those likes aren't even real likes that they're mm-hmm. buying and decreases their Facebook engagement and Facebook's already decreasing engagement. So mm-hmm. the only thing I really use Facebook for is targeted ads to drive traffic to webinars. That, that's basically it. Right. And there you can be super specific too in the type of people you're targeting, right? And their interests and their age range. Yeah, absolutely. And then beyond Facebook, you know, I put a thing in the sidebar on my website that lets people know that there's a webinar coming up. I send out an email to the list. I put it on Twitter. On Facebook, I'll change my cover photo to an ad for the webinar. Mm. So that's a good thing to do. So when people arrive at your Facebook page, especially if they're new, they see, oh, there's an event coming up, you know, and Facebook lets you put a link to the registration page in the cover photo. So just kind of, you know, blasting it out in every channel you can. Right. I, I usually do a custom image for the webinar and put it on Pinterest, things like that. Yeah. So can we just to switch gears a little bit? Um, you mentioned at one point earlier that you quit your job because your business was going well. And I know that's a dream for many people. I know I left my corporate job last March and it's just been It was one of the best things I've ever done, actually. But it's really scary leading up to that. So can you kind of talk about how you got to that point where you felt confident enough to make that change? Yeah, it is really scary. And I like to think that, you know, I was kind of pushed into doing it because I was so done with the job that I was already doing. It was to the point where it felt like it was just sucking the soul out of me. (laughs) So Uh as I was preparing to make the change, I was just doing whatever it took to be able to make that change. And I finally got to a point where, you know, the stars kind of aligned and I, and I got out, but yeah, it is definitely scary when you're writing your own checks and you're having to go out and make sure that there's money coming in to write those checks. And if if you're not out doing that and the checks aren't going to get written, that's, that's a tough thing to think about. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, isn't it? Because when I was an employee, if you have a bad day, you can just kind of sit around and, you know, pretend that you're working and not do much. And, you know, you still get paid. But now <laughs> it's not the case. Yeah. Well, yeah, you there's know, no you pretend, have, right? Yeah, exactly. Obviously, if you have like your product is kind of recurring revenue. So that's helpful in that sense. But generally, your business isn't going to grow unless you're actually actively working on it. So yeah, it's been a big shift in right. mindset. Yeah. And I mean, I, I still... You know, even though it's recurring revenue, I offer unlimited email support. So I'm constantly getting emails Whoa. and questions. And yeah, and I tell people that I respond same day. So yeah, there really is no just sitting around. Wow. So that's massive, actually, because that as your site grows, that could start to take tons of time. Um, yes. Do you have like an assistant or somebody that helps you with that? Or are you doing it all yourself right now? Right now, I'm doing it all myself. You know, I'm pretty quick with that kind of thing. I type really fast <laughs> and it hasn't been overload so far. And I use a, a system, I think it's called Zendesk. 
that, you know, when people send an email, it, it organizes all support emails. So they're separate from regular emails I can I receive. So that helps me prioritize people in the program versus people who aren't in the program. And I can just kind of go down the list and knock it out. And right now, it's, it's really not taking that much time at all. But I can see as the program grows and grows and grows that I'm going to be needing to bring on another coach. And I'm okay with that. You know, that's why I'm raising prices. That's why I'm building in more margin into the, the program so that I can do that when the time is necessary. Mm-hmm. That's great. So we're I've kind of taken us off on a tangent here. We didn't really get back to your lessons learned from your first year. Is there anything that you particularly wanted to share there? Or if not, I'll just keep <laughs> plugging. Well, yes. I mean, it's, it's, as far as like failures go, you know, one of the big things is even if your site starts to take off, you can't really like rest on your laurels. You know, you still have to really keep going because even I lost in last March and now we're coming around to the one year mark in February was one of my slowest months. So that tells you like you can go back down kind of just as fast as you came up. You just have to keep pressing forward. And I don't know, and this is the tough part about being an entrepreneur, especially if you haven't been around for a year. I can't look back at last February and say, what happened last February? And is this the norm? Or is am I doing something wrong here that, that's causing this slump? So you're operating with really no information. And you don't have a boss you can go to and say, hey, what's going wrong, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's just you. You got to figure this stuff out. So that's one of the big things that, that people need to realize is, you know, sometimes you're having to make decisions with absolutely no information. Another thing I would say is networking. I didn't do as good of a job with networking and meeting new people as I should have in the first year because I did network with a few people and those few connections have really produced a lot of value for the company. So looking back on it, if I had networked with 10 times as many people, perhaps I'd have 10 times as much value as I got. So that's probably one of the failure points, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then another failure point in the very beginning, I was writing way too many blog articles. And that is a a huge time suck. And it's really not that necessary. You know, people think they need to blog every day or three times a week. I've scaled blogging back to one day a week. So what this allows me to do is it allows me to write a really good email one day per week to my email list. It allows me to make one really good podcast per week. So you can't overload your schedule with these projects. I'm writing action guides. I'm writing a book. And the fact that I'm only blogging once a week gives me time to do all those other things. If I was blogging every day or even three times a week, none of that other stuff really would would get done consistently. And that would be causing a huge issue with the business. Mm, That is such a good point. And the other thing is that I mean, especially in the beginning, the goal, well, and always, the goal is to keep growing your audience. And so as new people find you, they haven't read those blog posts or your last week's blog post or last month's blog post. So you don't really need to be producing three a week. You can just produce that one and then try to get it out so that more people can see it and discover your content. I think that's a better use of time than just, I mean, I've fallen into that too in previous years where you just think, oh, if I write more, then I'll get more people. But actually, it doesn't work that way. You need to kind of write less and then promote it more. Right, exactly. Cool. So I would like to ask people for their favorite resources or books or podcasts or kind of your favorite business building or business mindset resources. Do you have any you can share? 
Yeah, as far as software goes, I would say, you know, one of the things I'm really getting into lately is Visual Website Optimizer. It's something that allows you to do A-B testing on your site. And if you have something like a sales page, you know, it's really beneficial to set up two versions of it and drive 50% of the traffic to each one and see what they do and how they behave. And then you go with the winner and Mm -hmm. then you do that again. I think a lot of people, they make changes and just hope for the best with those changes. And there's a way now where we can test those changes and make sure they work before you actually switch them. So that's one of the main resources I would say for people trying to convert people into paying customers. That's great. Yeah. Podcasts. Obviously, I listen to a lot of like the health and fitness podcasts in my industry. But as far as business podcasts go, Fizzle is one of my favorites right now. I don't know if you've heard of of Fizzle, but it's led by Corbett Barr from Think Traffic. And his whole team is, is just awesome. Great business podcast. They also have an online forum that you can join. And it's just all about, you know, making your business as, as best you can. Mm-hmm. And Lewis Howes, I listen to his School yeah, of Greatness podcast. podcast. Yeah, that's great. I, I like to listen to a lot of life stuff as well. So I'm really big into the Joe Rogan podcast right now. I don't know uh, that one. Awesome, yeah, mm-hmm. awesome content to listen to. Just all about real life. And that kind of helps you connect more with people. You have more stories to tell. You have more things to talk about, more things to relate to with people. And since I work with people, you know, it, it's really good to be up on all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, Kevin, if people want to get in touch with you and see what you're up to, where's the best place to find you? They can come right to the website at RebootedBody.com. And I'm on Twitter at The Rebooted Body. I'm also on Facebook at Rebooted Body. And I always tell people, you know, if you get on my email list and you get my emails and you happen to reply to one, I respond back to every single reply that I get. So if you are looking at having a a one-on-one conversation with me about anything, if you're on my email list, you're going to get a reply. So I just want people to know that. Awesome. That's good customer service. (laughs) Building a community. Yep. (laughs) Cool. Thanks so much, Kevin, for being with us. It was really great chatting with you today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, talk to you soon. All right, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to episode 20 of the Wellfinder Online Podcast. Don't forget, you can get all the links and everything we talk about back on my website at wellfinderonline.com slash 20. And also, I would love to hear from you. Like, who would you want me to interview next? So if you have suggestions and ideas for people you'd like to hear on the podcast, it would be great if you just tweet me at Vintage Amanda and tell me, you know, suggest a guest that you'd like to hear, or you can contact me through my contact form on the website. So I'd like to wish you a fabulous week. I hope you have a great time, lots of positive success with your business, and I'll see you back here next week in the next episode.